He has done it. The New Testament reading is from Mark 8, verses 31 through 38. Then Jesus began to teach his disciples, the human one must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and the legal experts, and be killed, and then after three days rise from the dead. Jesus said this plainly. But Peter took hold of Jesus and, scolding him, began to correct him. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, then sternly corrected Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. After calling the crowd together with his disciples, Jesus said to them, All who want to come after me must say no to themselves, Take up their cross and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them. But all who lose their lives because of me and because of the good news will save them. Why would people gain the whole world but lose their lives? What will people give in exchange for their lives? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this unfaithful and sinful generation the human one will be ashamed of that person when he comes in the Father's glory with the holy angels. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It was 2016, and I was sitting in a beautiful room at Old Stone Church for a Presbytery book discussion. Bagels and coffee rested on a long table, and about 20 Presbyterians gathered, some sitting far enough apart as if there was already a pandemic going on, really spread out. We had invited the co-moderators of the Presbyterian Church USA to be present for the discussion of their chosen book for the year, which was called Waking Up White by Debbie Irving. One of the co-moderators, Reverend Jan Edmiston, was white, and the other, Reverend Denise Anderson, was black. There were three or four African Americans in the room, and maybe a few of you listening today were there as well, and I, I didn't know you then. I had read the book, and I was eager to talk about it with others as it opened my eyes in transformative ways to the realities of racism. Except I never spoke. Most of the time, I sat with my arms folded, and I left quickly afterwards. My emotions that day ranged from sadness to anger to guilt to shame. I arrived armed with my new insights, and I left humbled by my ignorance. I have names for my experience now, white guilt, white fragility, white privilege, white silence, but then I did not. Late to the race discussion, I was completely unprepared for how difficult it would be, how inept I would feel, and how completely irrelevant my feelings should be compared to what my black siblings have endured. 
At one point, Reverend Anderson spoke powerfully and emotionally about how this book by a white author did not go far enough, that it only touched the surface. I remember feeling offended. And then she and others that day addressed white privilege. But I was still resisting the acknowledgement of how I had personally benefited from it, despite my gender and the experience of economic insecurity in my past. Over the next few weeks, I processed my experience and led a multi-week book discussion on the same book within my faith community. And did more as well, more listening to white and black voices telling their stories, trying to figure it all out. Most of us getting it right sometimes and sometimes getting it oh so wrong. I took advantage of high-level training through our denomination, as well as work on the ground in Delaware, Maryland, and now here with you. But I have a long way to go and I will always be an imperfect partner in discussion. Our Lenten theme this year is again and again a Lenten refrain, and the commentary Lindsay and I are using is written by the incredible Reverend Denise Anderson, that prophetic voice for me five years ago. I want to say to her, I'm still listening. I'm still learning. Again and again, as part of our discipleship, we are called to listen to each other and listen to God. And listening to God means facing hard and unsettling truths. In our New Testament text today, we find Jesus speaking plainly about the path he would take and that the disciples would ultimately take with him. But Peter didn't want to hear it. He was offended. He didn't want to know about the suffering and the dying. He couldn't imagine the rising. So instead of listening, he argued to the point where Jesus had to turn and rebuke him, guiding him back to the hard truth of the way things are, not the way we wish they would be. Speaking about today's text, Reverend Anderson says, hard truths trouble the waters of our understanding and challenged notions of what is real. For Peter, hearing Jesus foretell his agonizing death and resurrection must have made no sense. Just before this, Peter had named Jesus Messiah. How could the Christ talk like this? Peter wants to quiet Jesus, but Jesus would instead quiet him. The Lenten journey calls us to examine the things in which our hearts are invested how important is comfort to us? Would we be willing to listen to hard truths and be changed by them, even if it proved to be difficult? Or are we committed to the status quo because, though it may be imperfect, it's at least familiar? Friends, we are so like the disciples messing up over and over again, hearing what we want to hear, ignoring the realities at hand. We're tempted to cling to what we think we know, to cling to power, to climb the ladder, to prefer the comfort of the status quo, to memorialize and commercialize the teachings of Jesus Christ rather than embody them. 
But we can't allow ourselves to be trapped by shame and guilt and ignorance or inaction. Humility is required for transformation. And that's exactly where Jesus' teaching leads us. Because he says that those who follow him will take up their cross. And he could not have chosen a more vivid image. Because in first century Palestine, the cross meant one thing. The cruel death that awaited any who dared threaten Caesar's kingdom. It's been said the Romans put up crosses like billboards advertising Caesar's supremacy and the fate of any who dared challenge it. Jesus' hearers knew exactly what taking up the cross meant. In 6 CE, they had watched the Romans crucify 2,000 Galilean insurrectionists. So those who courageously proclaimed Jesus back then, and in some places in the world even now, faced persecution and sometimes death. Over 2,000 years and a world away from first century Palestine, what does denying yourself mean for us as disciples of Jesus? At the most basic level, it means removing oneself from the center of one's concerns. It means relinquishing status, power, and privilege in favor of service to others. It's been said that humility doesn't mean thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Recently, researchers have begun to use the term quiet ego to refer to people who have an unpretentious sense of self and low self-focus. People with a quiet ego spend most of their time thinking about others and very little time thinking of themselves. And because they experience self-transcending humility, people with a quiet ego have an open, teachable mindset and a high willingness to admit mistakes. They report having many more deeply spiritual experiences. And they also seem to pay enough attention to themselves to engage in appropriate self-care. Denying oneself and taking up the cross is still a radical message. And those of us with privilege especially need to hear Jesus' message. To voluntarily take up a cross is a sacrificial act that leads to transformation. It may mean giving generously of your money or your time. It may mean looking at the hard truth in your life, in your church, in our culture. It may mean taking action on the things that need to be changed and courageously doing the next right thing. It may mean listening to difficult stories and facing realities that make us deeply uncomfortable and staying in the conversation. So together we can discern what is God's reconciling work and together we can show up for God's mission of justice and peace because when we don't listen, when we refuse to see, when we stay silent, we become indifferent to the suffering that lay all around us. Dr. King said, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Recently, I came across the story of a World War I Army chaplain named Jeffrey Studert Kennedy, and he was one who felt God's heartbeat for people and ministered faithfully through practical love and through his own poetry. 
to the ordinary soldiers living through hell on earth in the trenches. It was his custom to hand out woodbine cigarettes along with spiritual aid for the injured and the dying soldiers, which earned him the nickname Woodbine Willie. And upon return to England after the war, Kennedy was fueled with this desire to bring justice and righteousness to the workers of England, including those in the city of Birmingham. He wrote a poem called Indifference, in which he compares the behavior of Christ's contemporaries with our behavior today toward the stranger and the outcast. And it's a, it's a good poem to reflect on during Lent as we consider whether we are following Christ to Golgotha. Indifference. When Jesus came to Golgotha, they hanged him on a tree. They drove great nails through hands and feet and made a calvary. They crowned him with a crown of thorns, red were his wounds and deep, for those were crude and cruel days, and human flesh was cheap. When Jesus came to Birmingham, they simply passed him by. They would not hurt a hair of him. They only let him die. For men had grown more tender, and they would not give him pain. They only just passed down the street and left him in the rain. Still Jesus cried, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And still it rained, the winter rain that drenched him through and through. The crowds went home and left the streets without a soul to see. And Jesus crouched against a wall and cried for Calvary. Kennedy became convinced that there must be free and open passage between the sanctuary and the street. That's the way he said it. That we must destroy within ourselves our present feeling that we descend to a lower level when we leave the songs of the angels and the archangels and begin to study economic conditions, questions of wages, hours, and housing. It's hard work, but it must be done. He said it must be done not only for the sake of the street, but for the sake of the sanctuary too. We need to hear openly from Jesus and in church, the truth of suffering, rejection, and death. Jesus entrusts us with that truth of his messiahship and the cross and the resurrection, and we must listen for the whole truth if we are to stay the course and follow Jesus. We must listen to the stories of those who suffer here and now and stay in the conversation when it gets difficult. We must listen if we are going to cultivate a quiet ego, increase our capacity for humility, and thereby lose our lives for the sake of the gospel. And the opportunities will come. They'll come daily. Times when we may give our lives sacrificially to acts of love and generosity and compassion and justice and peace, even in the face of the same forces of sin and death that confronted Jesus, in this season, we reflect not only on the cross in our sanctuaries, but, but those who bear the cross in the streets and the image of Jesus on the road to Jerusalem calling his disciples, always calling them to listen and then to take up our own crosses and walk with him in paths of love and service and sacrifice. 
So I think for us, the, the question is, what are the practices that will allow us to cultivate and sustain this posture of listening? And if you're still looking for something to give up, something to fast from this Lent, I leave you with these words from Pope Francis. Fast from hurting words and say kind words. Fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude. Fast from anger and be filled with patience. Fast from pessimism and be filled with hope. Fast from worries and have trust in God. Fast from complaints and contemplate simplicity. Fast from pressures and be prayerful. Fast from bitterness and fill your hearts with joy. Fast from selfishness and be compassionate to others. Fast from grudges and be reconciled. Fast from words and be silent. <laughs>